Hey, welcome to the Ocean Church Podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope today's message encourages you and reminds you that God is working in your life. Enjoy today's message. All right. Hey, so good to see you. Would you join me in standing? We're going to read the word as we begin. Uh, Pastor Tom Lane, many of you know Pastor Tom, he's an apostolic overseer for our church. He wrote a book with Pastor Wayne Drain a few years ago called He Still Speaks. And the emphasis of that book is really the, the prophetic ministry and to demystify the gifts of the Spirit of God and how God um, encourages, 1 Corinthians 14 is the the chapter that I would direct you to, to look at this, because in in two weeks, the 15th and 16th, we're going to have what we refer to as presbytery services. And there are two teams of three that will be at each campus. Cape Campus will have a team there, and we'll have a team here. And these teams have begun to pray for... um, what we've given them is just simply profiles. So we've either, we, we've selected two for every service. And so that all the information that they have is either a couple or a single uh, woman or a single man. And so they, they begin to pray and capture what the Lord is putting in their hearts to, to share with these individuals. And this is something that Anna and I have participated in and been a part of, and we've watched it for years, not only encourage those that are spoken of, but spoken over, but we've watched it encourage the entire church. And, and so if, if you're, you're looking at the month and you're like, Pastor Josh, I got two weekends in me, and this is one of them, then I'm asking you make the 15th and 16th the next weekend that you are with us. Don't, don't miss that weekend. God's going to encourage you. He's going to breathe life into you that weekend. Uh, one other thing I want to bring your attention to as you leave. Let's see, I have it here. As you leave, there are these cool little cards, these stacks of cards. And what these are, these are scriptures that our staff has compiled. So we asked our staff, we said, hey, what are the life-shaping verses that God's used to speak to you, encourage you, that are like your life verses? And so we've compiled one for every day of the month. So there's 31 cards here so that you have a scripture. You can put it on your mirror. You can put it in the car. You can take it with you that the word of God would meet you and be with you. And so make sure to pick one of those up. I flipped to one that uh, somebody I know submitted. John six twenty nine. Many of you have heard someone you know that's speaking now say this over and over. Jesus told them, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one that he has sent. And this is the power of the word of God. And so make sure to grab one of those. We're going to begin in John chapter 10. And we're going to read from two passages passages of scripture as we begin and we dive into the truth that God speaks. John chapter 10, verse 27, Jesus is speaking. He says this, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. That's a good word. 
Exodus 33 verse 11 says, So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. As a man speaks to his friend. Let's pray as we begin. Holy Spirit, would you speak to every heart? God, I, go, I ask you to go at every lie that would try to confuse or keep anyone from receiving the truth that they can hear your voice speaking to them. We worship you today in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So I'm going to tell you a story. So I was 18 years old, uh, and I had decided at that point that I wasn't going to jump right to the NBA. I decided to go right to seminary instead of the NBA. I don't know why you're laughing, but that's cool. That's fine. I had just graduated high school and um, w had had be been aware of a, a school in Sweden, and, and this seminary is still a, an amazing school today. It's a great spot, and, and I just, I loved it. I wanted to go there, and it, it sounded cool. It was really fun to tell people, yeah, I'm going overseas, going to start college overseas, and, and, you know, that was different, and so you kind of had these conversations where people were, you know, they were a little impressed and would ask questions, and so I kind of felt good about it. Well, my dad messed it all up one day when he said, um, so you're, you're going to school in Sweden? I said, yeah. And he's like, why? So, well, no, no, one's, no one's really asked me that. Dad, don't you know how cool it is? It's cool to tell people and no one else is. And, and he said these words. He said, son, to move across the ocean, you better have a word from God. And I was like, Dad, you messed things up. <laughs> it was so much better when it was just a cool idea and fun to tell people. And so he, he said, son, do not make a decision like this without a word from God. So I said, okay, uh, will you help me? And he said, yeah, I'll help you. And so we went up to his office, and we both got on our knees. He got on his knees behind his desk. I got on my knees in front of the, in one of the chairs in front of his desk, and, and I began to pray. And I cannot, I don't know what, how to, to give you an example of what straining to hear looks like, but that was me. I'm on my knees just like, okay, was that you? What? Could you say it louder? I didn't really hear. What, what are you trying to say? And I, I was straining for all that I was worth trying to hear God's voice. And we were there what felt like hours. It probably was maybe a little over an hour. And I was so defeated, like couldn't hear anything. And I was like, I, I don't know, Dad, I can't hear anything. And he just smiled and just patted me on the back and was just like, it's all right, son. Let's just go home. Let's get a good night's sleep. The Lord's going to speak to you. And I was so frustrated. And so I was laying in my bed. And um, the, the way that, that our house was, my brother and I's bedroom was in the basement. And we had like a split level. When you walked in, you could go to the basement or you could go upstairs. And so uh, upstairs was where my parents' room was. And so it's about 11 o'clock at night and I can't sleep. And, and I'm just laying there going like, God, why won't you speak to me? I mean, I, 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 I want to hear your voice. I want to obey you. Why can't I hear your voice? 
And, and all of a sudden, this thought was just filling my mind, Jeremiah 1, 7. And I was like, I'm trying to talk to you, God, and, and I'm trying to listen. I don't know why Jeremiah 1, 7 keeps filling my head. I'm, I'm trying to talk to you. Are you listening to me? I'm trying to hear from you. Would you speak to me? And I'm telling you, it was like, like I have this picture of the Lord like forcing Jeremiah 1-7 <laughs> into my mind and me like trying to push it out and then him like trying like, no, this is me trying to speak to you. And so finally, I was like, well, I, I got to see what Jeremiah 1-7 says. So I grabbed my Bible, turned the light on, looked it up, and Jeremiah 1-7 says, you will go where I tell you to go and you'll speak what I tell you to speak. Now, the word Sweden is not in that verse, but I'm telling you, it was God's voice meeting me at 18 years of age, giving me direction and vision. I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt, as clear as I'm here today with you, speaking to you, that God had spoke to me and said, yes, this is what I have for you to do. I am sending you there, and I'm putting a message in your mouth. And yet, one of the, the most important truths that the enemy hates, that as I talk to believers and I interact with, with different ones, is this truth. We, we debate it, and we, we look at it like hearing the voice of God is reserved for those that are elitist Christians. Like the Navy SEALs of, of, of following Jesus, those are the people that hear God's voice. And, and I don't know if we, we've heard different pastors and teachers talk about how God speak to them and, and we, that we hear this conversational tone and, and, and so we try to compare that to what we've experienced and it, and it just doesn't seem as impressive but I want us to see as we begin, Jesus says without any qualifiers, my sheep hear my voice. And any time that question that, that, would, that would try to enter your mind and would try to wrestle with this truth, when it begins to try to rise up on the inside of you, can I really hear God's voice? Let the words of Jesus ring out and hang on to them, receive them, my sheep hear my voice. He, he adds no qualifier to it. He doesn't say, after 10 years, you can hear my voice. He doesn't say, after you've cleaned yourself up and you look right and you're functioning and, 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 and you, you finally are an acceptable example of what a believer is supposed to be, he simply says, my sheep hear my voice. Man, that's good news. It's such good news. We're going to spend every weekend in the month of January going at and, and establishing this truth in our hearts because God speaks to his people in many different ways. And he invites us to, to step out of comparison with how others may hear his voice. He wants you to know him and he wants you to know, I want to know you and have a relationship with you like we see with Moses as a friend speaks to a friend. It's amazing that the God of the universe can look and look and see 7.5 billion people and have an intimate personal relationship with each one. But that's his desire. That's what he created you for. 
You know, the, the, the Bible is where we're going to start. Scripture is where we're going to start. And, and I want to disconnect us from, you know, a religious, traditional view of what Scripture is. We use the, the, the term, the Word of God, and we, we get that from, from, you know, John chapter 1 tells us, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh. We know that Jesus is the fulfilled Word of God. But, but I want you to see from the beginning of, of, of the picture that God uses to talk about Scripture, because there, there is a, a, a place of knowing God through His Word that He invites us too, that's an intimate place. It's not a traditional place. It's not a religious place. It's a relational place. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7 says this, Then the Lord God formed the, man of the, formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. God is speaking, breathing the breath of God, bringing life to that which was dead. Second Timothy 3, Paul uses this same word, this same picture. All scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. This is a Greek word that I want you to see. It's up here on the screen. I'm not going to pronounce that word. I'm just showing you. That's a Greek word, and it means God breathed. God breathed. Scripture is the same breath as God blowing the breath of life into Adam. Do you know that, that when, we, when we talk to each other, how many of you have been around a close talker and you're like, come on, man, don't you know? After the last two years, close talkers should know. They should have some self-awareness. I'm sorry. <laughs> But, but what we know when we're close with people is, is like you get, you get in close conversation and there, there's, there's breath that comes with communication. There's, there, there's this, this outflow, this breath, the, the, the words that come out of our, our, our mouth do not come out without breath. And God, we're made in his image, and he wants us to know him that way, that the word of God, scripture, is not black and white words on a page. It is the words that he has from his heart that he is breathing out to bring life to your and my heart. The breath of life. And he wants us to know his words that way. God gave me three pictures of, of just what, what he wanted to invite us to in knowing his word. Because the word of God is not just a spiritual discipline that we have that, that supersedes feeling, supersedes emotion, but, but God wants to set some expectation as we begin the year. You know, we, we, we have a joke about 
I heard a joke that, that believers, when they start the year, that you can find two places that are crowded. One is the gym and the other is Genesis, because all believers, we start our Bible reading plans and we're in Genesis and then they're at the gym working out. Both places are, are crowded. And it's not just a religious thing that we do. It's not just a, a good spiritual discipline. It is a place that we've been invited to, to know God. Three things that the Lord put in front of me to share that, that happens when we receive the breath of God, the word of God. Number one, daily, and I've, I've put this word in front of all three, daily, the word of God, the breath of God creates in us. Daily, God's breath, his life takes that which is dead or non-existent. Do you realize that the, the same breath that looked and, and saw the world, Genesis 1 says the earth was without form and it was void. There was nothing there. There, there was nothing that existed and the breath of God spoke and said, let there be light. And what happened? There was light. That same power, that same force is what we receive when we receive the word of God into our lives. That the dead places, the places that we know, God, unless you breathe, unless you work a miraculous work, for me to step out and to forgive, for me to step out and to choose to love, to be kind, to, be, to see the goodness of God. You know, you read Galatians 5 and it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. I don't know how many times I've read through that. I have not read through that one time and crossed the word patience and said, you know, Lord, I'm good on that. Every time I read that, I'm like, okay, Lord, afresh and anew, breathe. This is the promise of the breath of God. Ezekiel gives us this picture. Ezekiel chapter 37, it says, the Lord took hold of me and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. These are the dead places, the dry places of our life. He led me around the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried up. No hope, no vision. Look at this picture. And I want you to take the things that you, this may be the way that you view relationships in the future, family in the future. How can this be good? God, how can you create new? It's dead. It's done. I don't see this going anywhere good. This is what the Lord says. Son of man, can these bones become living people again? O sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I'm going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. This is the promise that God gives us. As we look, listen, it, this is the, the promise that will never, ever fail the word of God, and we see this, it is the resident word of God that was residing in the body of Jesus, dead in a grave. And dead in a grave, no hope, no life, the breath of God was resident saying, when everyone else sees death, I see resurrection life. 
That is what fills us when we receive the breath of God, the word of God. The word of God daily creates. Daily creates. The second thing, the Lord wants us to know that his breath, his word does in our life, is it revives. It revives us. David said in Psalm 119, these super encouraging words, he said, I lie in the dust. Like, All right, David, bad day. And then he said these words, revive me by your word. What, what is he talking about? David went through a time, this is 1 Samuel chapter 30, tells the story of David who was doing right, living right, anointed by God, knew that he was going to be king, was serving the, the, the present king, Saul. Even though he was an ungodly and unjust, David was submitted, serving, doing what was right. And Saul, because of his fear and his insecurity, began to hunt him. So David had to flee. You ever been in that spot where you're like, I'm doing right. Why is my car broken right now, Lord? What's going on? David's in that spot. So he's exiled from Israel, and he literally has to go live. Listen, listen to how crazy this is. David has to go live. The only place that was quasi-safe for him was with the Philistines. You know, that's the same people that produced Goliath that he killed as a young man. Being in the Philistine territory was safer for him than being in his home. And he had to live this, this place of deception with them. And so he, he would leave with the, the group of men that had been broke down, that God had brought to him, that he had built up and were, were being shaped into to what was known as his mighty men. And the Philistine rulers would say, David, where'd you go today? And he would say, well, I went and I robbed from this city in Israel and this city in Israel and, and, and I raided over here in Israel. And they would say, oh, that's awesome. That's great. You're with us now. That's awesome. But what he really was doing is he was going and he was fighting for Israel. And he would go into other enemy territories and would destroy the enemies of Israel. What a righteous guy doing right. So he's in the middle of like being righteous, obeying God. And he comes back home. And you know what he finds? He finds... His city had been burnt to the ground. Everybody's wives and their kids had been kidnapped. Like he was in the middle of a country song. Old country, like Merle Haggard country, not new country. Like the real depressing stuff. And it says that everybody begins to turn against him. His men that were with him were like, hey, we're following you. We're doing what we thought was right. And look what happened. But it contains these words. As they turned against him and it gets bad and it gets worse, like even his dog turned against him, it was horrible. It contains these words. It says, and David strengthened himself in the Lord. David strengthened himself in the Lord. Do you know what he did? He went and found what the promises of God were. And there's an exchange that happens of our perspective when we fill our lives. There is a reviving of our soul 
Because what happens when we get in times that, that, that we get weighed down is we have begun to take on weight that we are not designed for. There's a weight of provision. There's a weight of leading. And sometimes we get in these places where we're like, I got to do this. I got to do that. And, and I got to be the, the man that I'm supposed to be or the wife that I'm supposed to be, the friend that I'm supposed to be. And the word of God brings us back to this perspective where God says, listen, I lead this. That weight is not for your shoulders. The weight of provision for your family, that's not on your shoulders. You may think it is, but that's my role. Your role is obedience. My role is provision. And there's this exchange that happens that revives our soul as we look and we see who he is. It is from that perspective that David wrote these words in Psalm 121. I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleeps. The Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as your, your protective shade. The, Lord, the sun will not harm you by day. Man, we need that word right now, right? Coming down. All you snowbirds came down with your nice skin, nice and white. All right, I'm sorry. Nor the moon at night. The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go, both now and forever. What, what, what is happening? There, there is a reviving of the soul that happens when the Word of God meets us and the weight that can get on us of trying to, to live this life and go, I got to do this and I got to be this. And, and the Lord said, would you let me lead? This exchange of weight, it revives our soul. The word of God, the breath of God revives our soul. The last thing that I want us to see is daily the breath of God, the word of God, it leads. It daily leads. John 10, Jesus begins to, to speak with such affection to his disciples and to the people there. And, and, he, and he says these words, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. And he gives us his promise and he says, hey, when you tune into my voice, you're not going to follow the voice of another. I'm going to lead you to green pastures. I'm going to lead you away from the, the, the places that are not going to sustain you. I'm going to lead you away from the desert mirage that you may think is right for you, but by my spirit, I'm leading and guiding you to a right place. This week, Anna and I were, were talking, and, and, and I asked if I could look at her journals uh, from about three and a half years ago. We were praying about moving to Florida. And, and it really, you know, it was something that right away, it, it took me by surprise, but, but I, I made a turn on it real quick. Like, I grew up in, in Oklahoma and in Minnesota, and for as long as I can remember, I've had surfing posters on my wall. I'm serious. Like, I've just had this thing where I'm like, there's going to be a day 
where the beach is close, <laughs> or at least much closer than Oklahoma and Minnesota. And so as the Lord began to speak and, and we began to, to, to pray about moving here, I was, I was pretty, pretty quick on like, yes, Lord. But my wife and I live in this place of unity. And so it's not enough for me to say, yes, Lord, if, if she doesn't have peace. And listen, there's a peace that, that only comes from the voice of God that leads us and guides us in life. And I couldn't step into this knowing that I was the only one that felt peace and knew that God was leading us. And it wasn't going to happen by me just saying, hey, it's going to be fine. And now listen to this. Her journal is filled with specific questions to the Lord. You want to know what the first one was? Lord, I need you to speak to me about the snakes. I mean, come on, this is, this is, this is a good mom. <laughs> Second, I need you to speak to me about the alligators. If you're new to Florida, like, don't feel bad about wondering about these things. It's normal. I mean, now we're at the point where we're like, kids, go play in the yard. Like, you know, get out there. Gators are more afraid of you than they are, you know, you are of them. And then the last thing that she asked the Lord about was, were hurricanes, now, these were not things that, that were just going to be pacified by me just saying, babe, it's okay. It's going to be fine. These were places that, that she was bringing to the Lord saying, Lord, I have to have a word from you. And, and it was so special just to, to read and look through her journal of the places and the way that God spoke to her about every question that her heart had. You know, there's a worse fear than stepping into the unknown. And that, that worst place is stepping into the unknown when we're leading. And you and I have been given the Word of God as the good shepherd that leads and will speak to us in every pivotal moment of our lives. And he is faithful to lead and faithful to speak. This is where we've been called to live. This is the, the, the place that, that God is bringing us to as we start this year. This is the source. The Word of God is the safe place. And we're starting with Scripture. We're starting with the breath of God because it is from that foundation that the other ways that God speak to us, they do not contradict the Word of God. When your heart is filled with the Word of God, you will know when other voices try to speak that are not His voice. God is not going to speak to you in other ways that contradict what His Word says. This is our source. This is our foundation. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 4, he, I want to finish with these words. He, he, he just brings us back to this place. He'd been fasting for 40 days. He's being tempted by Satan. And his reply is straight from the word of God. And he, he says these words. He says, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. 
Let this truth just fill your hearts today. I can hear God's voice. He wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to you through His Word. He wants to create new. The places, the things that you may think are dead, the discouraged places, the the places that are in desperate need of being revived by His life, and those places of leading, He wants to remind you afresh and anew, I am the Good Shepherd and I have life for you. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? The picture the, the Lord gave me is one that, that we're all very familiar of. We, we, we have seen and we know what, what life-saving resuscitation looks like. We know what it looks like when someone cannot find breath, cannot breathe themselves, and, and someone else steps in and breathes life-giving breath. and saves and starts anew and ends what trauma had started. There are many of you today that that you, you identify with knowing dead places in your heart. You know the dead places that you don't have vision for. Many of you are know that, that you're in a desperate place of needing to be revived needing the life of God. And, and there are many of you that, that, that are, have decisions in front of you. And, and today is the day that you make the decision, God, I will be led by the good shepherd. Your word will lead me. God wants to breathe life into you. He wants to resuscitate. He wants to, to, to bring the things that may look like they're dead and may, may not have any vision for. He wants to breathe his life. If you're here and you just say, Josh, I, I, I feel like the, those are these places. There are places I don't have vision for. I want to be led by God, but I don't know how. I, don't, I, I just don't know. Or if there are dead places and you say, Josh, I need God to breathe his life into me. Will you, will you simply just raise your hand? I want to pray over you today. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. As soon as you put it up, you can put it down. Thank you, thank you for being obedient. Thank you. Right where you're at, I just want you just to to posture your heart before the Lord and just say, Lord, I'm going to follow you. You're the good shepherd. I receive that truth that you speak. Lord, I pray for every heart today. Lord, thank you for what happens when you invite us to hope. You invite us to know you. Lord, the the reality is there's never been anyone who has turned to you that's been turned away. Lord, you receive them all. And today, you receive us afresh and anew. God, I pray right now by the Spirit of God, Lord, your breath to create anew to breathe life into dead places, to revive, Lord, the places that are dry and dusty. Lord, that that your water of your word, the water of your spirit would bring back the life and the excitement, the vision that we need. And Lord, I pray for those that are in a place of decision 
that are desperate to know your peace and what it is to be led by you. God, I pray that you would speak through your word. Lord, remind them this is not a religious tradition. Lord, this is the God of the universe wanting to intimately know and walk with them. We yield to you, Jesus. Thank you for being the good shepherd that you are. We worship you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like more information or would like to connect with us, visit us at oceanchurch.com. We love you and hope you join us soon online or at one of our campuses located in Southwest Florida.